Shalom, my dear friends. God bless you. It is a privilege for us to study the Word of God, and especially in this series of uh, messages on the eight covenants of God. Wonderful passages to learn from the Word of God. These eight covenants which God had made with mankind are teaching us tremendous lessons to help us to understand the plan and the program of God. And we are learning as we studying these eight covenants that are found in the Word of God, which God had made with mankind. Three of them he made with all humanity, and five of them he made with the people of Israel. And these five covenants, one of them is conditional, the Mount Sinai, the Mosaic Covenant, and four of them are unconditional covenants which God made with Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Moshe, and the people of Israel. Wonderful as we study together these eight covenants of God. We have covered already six of these covenants. The first one, of course, it is the Idani Covenant. The second one is the Adamic Covenant. The third one is the Noahic Covenant. In the Garden of Eden before the fall. In the Garden of Eden after the fall. Then after the flood, God made a covenant with Noah as the federal head of the whole human race who came on the other side of the flood. And then, beloved uh, friends, God made additional covenant with Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis chapter 12, 13, 15, 17, and 22, and so on, with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And then when Israel came outside of the land of Egypt, after a long time to be in slavery there, then God made a covenant with Israel on Mount Sinai called the Mosaic. Torat Moshe, he gave the law to the people of Israel and he made a conditional covenant with Israel, which Israel break. And then, beloved friend, before Israel have entered into the promised land, God made a covenant with Israel, which is called the land covenant, the covenant that he promised to Israel unconditionally to receive the land of Canaan. And now, as we arrive to the seventh covenant, we are dealing now with the covenant that is called the Davidic covenant. In Hebrew, it is called Brit David. Brit David HaMelech. King David was the one with whom God made this seventh a covenant called the Davidic covenant. This Davidic covenant is found in two passages in the Tanakh, in the Hebrew scriptures, namely in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and 1 Chronicle chapter 17. These promises of this covenant are recorded also in the Gospel of Luke, in the Brit HaDashah, in the New Covenant. And there you can see that when Miriam was spoken by the angel concerning the birth of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, that he said to her, the angel said to her, that uh, her son, namely Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, will sit 
upon his father's throne. That is the throne of David. Wonderful promises. Now notice this. As we are reading here in 2 Samuel chapter 7, we read in the first few verses, came to pass, verse 1, when the king, that is David, sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies. That King David said unto Nathan the prophet, He says, See how I dwell in the house of Cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth with in curtain, without uh, uh, just a home, but in curtains. That was the tabernacle. David wanted to build the house for God. And so the Lord said to Nathan the prophet, he says, you go to my servant David, and you will tell him, shall thou build me a house to dwell in? And then God promised David to build for him, beloved friend, to build for David a house, but not merely a building, but a house, a house, a dynasty, a kingdom. A throne upon which David will sit and his descendants and ultimately will take the descendants of David up to, up to the time when the Mashiach, the Messiah will come, whose name is Yeshua, Jesus. And so we read, notice that, the promises that God made to King David in Second uh, Samuel chapter 7, but as we, we look at a few verses in First Chronicle chapter 17, we will notice that there are additional, you might say, information concerning David's descendant. And ultimately, it speaks about the Messiah to come, the Mashiach, the seed of David, Ben David. You see, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, he is the seed of the woman, Genesis chapter 3. He is the seed of Abraham, Genesis chapter 12. He is the seed of Isaac and Jacob, and he is the seed of Israel. He is the seed of the tribe of Judah, but he is also the seed of the house of David. That's why oftentimes the Lord Jesus the Messiah is called in the gospel, Ben David, Ben David, son of David, son of David. Why? Because the Mashiach is a descendant of the family of David. Now notice what God promised to David when he made with him this unconditional Davidic covenant. It is found in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and especially from verse 11 on. We read in verse 11, notice that in verse 11, God promised, God making a covenant with David and promising him to give him a house. David wanted to build the temple and he couldn't build the temple because he was a man that had a bloody hand. Man of war that he have had. He have also sinned against Bathsheba. And therefore God said, you will not build for me a house, but your son after you, namely Shlomo, he will build the temple for me. But God giving David these promises here, it's found in, 
in verse 11, as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies. Also God is saying to David, The Lord telleth thee that he will make thee a house. You want to make for me a house? No, I will make for you a house. And what he meant by this, it's not merely a home, a building, a structure, but it's a dynasty. David's descendants will sit upon the throne of King David. In verse 12, the promise that God gave to David is that his seed will have a kingdom. It says in verse 12, When thy days be fulfilled, you will die, and you will sleep with thy fathers, that I will set up, notice that, thy seed after thee. This is the immediate son of David, namely Shlomo, King Solomon, which we know that he became the king of Israel after David, his father, died. It shall be, it will come out of your bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. In other words, God promised that David descendant, namely King Shlomo, God will establish his kingdom. The Hebrew word for kingdom is mamlacha. Mamlacha means the kingdom that he will rule over the nation of Israel and be a blessing to the world. But he continued, notice that, in verse 13, God promised that David's son, namely Solomon, will also build God, this temple, the house, he shall build a house for my name, God says to David, and I will establish, notice that, his throne or the throne of his kingdom for how long? Forever. In other words, God is saying to David, David, listen, the son that's going to come out of your bowels, and we know it is Solomon, he will be the one that will build for me the house, for me the temple. But I will establish, notice that in verse 13, the throne of his kingdom forever. That tells us that the promise of God to David is an eternal throne, an eternal kingdom, an eternal house. Well, how it will be eternal if David died? And later on, Solomon will die. Well, it takes us beyond the days of David, beyond the days of Shlomo, beyond the days of Rehovam, his son, beyond all the way to the future day when the Mashiach will come and will rule and reign over the nation of Israel and in actuality over all the nations of the world. That's why the Messiah is called in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, Ben David. Ben David. And so we continue here. You notice that. Here we can see the limitation of Solomon because in verse 14, God promised that if David's immediate son, namely Shlomo, Solomon, will sin, God will discipline him. You see, it says in verse 14, and I will be his father, and he shall be my son, and notice, if he will commit iniquity. 
I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. In other words, God knew very well that the immediate son of David, namely Shlomo, and any other of his sons, they will fail, they will sin. And God promised to chasten the son of David, namely Shlomo. And we know very well from Solomon's history, if we read First Kings, how he had many, many wives and many concubines. And ultimately, King Shlomo, though he was the wisest man on earth, he became very unwise by doing what he did. And he ended up losing the kingdom through the time when his son Rehovam, the kingdom was rented from him because God disciplined King Shlomo in the days of his son Rehovam, who lost the kingdom, the ten tribes, to another man by the name of Yerovam, who was the king of the nation of Israel in the north, the ten tribes, while Rehovam became or remained to be the king of Yehuda in the south. So we can see that the immediate son of David will sin and God promised that he will discipline him. But you notice what he continued to say in verse uh, um, uh, 15 and uh, 16, but my mercy, my chesed, my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul whom I put away before thee, and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever, according to all these words, and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. In other words, what we really learn, that even though God will have to discipline David's son by the name of Shlomo, and ultimately his grandson by the name of Rehovam, who would uh, uh, cause a separation in the kingdom because of sin and disobedience of his father, Shlomo, and his own as well. Yet God promised that uh, his chesed, his mercy, his unmerited favor will not depart away from David and from his descendants. And David's house, this is Bait, David's kingdom, this is Mamlechet, and David's throne, this is Kisei in Hebrew, will be established forever. Well, of course, beloved uh, uh, friends, how can it be established forever if David failed and could not build the house of God, the temple? If Solomon fail and sin, and for this he lost the kingdom through when his son became the king, and his son Rehovam lost uh, 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 half of the nation when the nation was divided. Well, God promised to maintain his promises, these unconditional promises to the people of Israel and to the house of David, that his house, verse 16, his kingdom, verse 16, and his throne, verse 16, will be established forever. Which means that yet there is a day coming in which David's 
greater son will come and establish the Davidic kingdom here upon the face of this earth. Which tells us, my dear friend, that even today, in the last days of the church age, there is still somewhere, somehow, here in this world, a descendant of King David, from among the tribe of Yehuda, from among the people of Israel, from among the descendants of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, who live here in this world, whom God will sustain and maintain and preserve for a future day when the kingdom will be established. And the promises of God of eternal house, eternal kingdom, and eternal throne will have to be fulfilled. Let me read it to you again, my dear friend. Second Samuel chapter 7 and verse 15. My mercy shall not depart away from him. As I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. In other words, God took away the kingdom from King Shaul, the first king of Israel, who was not the choice of God. He was the choice of men, of Israel. Israel in 1st King chapter 8 said to Shmuel, make us a king that we will be like the other nations, that we will be judged by him like all the other nations. And Israel rejected God from being their king. And so God gave them Saul. And Saul, Shaul, was a bad king. And then eventually God raised a man, a king, after his own heart by the name of David, Melech Israel, David, the king of Israel. But to David, he made unconditional promises, this Davidic covenant. Brit David HaMelech, unconditional, my dear friend. Not dependent on any of the performance of David or his descendants, but upon the faithfulness of God. When David disobeyed, God disciplined him. When King Shlomo disobeyed, God disciplined him. When Rehoboam disobeyed, God disciplined him. But his mercy will never depart because God keeps his promises. Thine house, thine kingdom shall be established. Notice that forever, the Hebrew word forever is Ad Olam. Ad Olam, forever. He continued and he said, Thy throne shall be established forever. Ad Olam. According to all these words, and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. So Nathan came to David, and he told him what God said. And David rejoiced in the God who made these promises to him. And he was so overwhelmed. Who am I in? What are my people that you have been such a merciful God towards me? David was so broken before the Lord, the loving God of Israel, who made with him an unconditional covenant. Well, it is very interesting that a little later on in the order of the written word of God in the book of Chronicles, in Hebrew it is called Divrei Hayamim. There are some repetitions of what went on in the days of 
the uh, Samuel in, in the days of the kings that are recorded in the book of Chronicles. And in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 17, beloved friend, we have some additional information that the Spirit of God given to us as it is recorded before us, which takes us beyond David's son Shlomo, who sinned, to David's greater son by the name of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. That even though his name is not mentioned here in in 1 Chronicles chapter 17, yet you can see a few points that are very, very interesting. There are some important distinctions here in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 17, which primarily looking forward to David's greater son, who is the Messiah himself. Notice that. I want you just to notice what we read here. First of all, the person in 1 Chronicles chapter 17 does not limit to Shlomo, but it goes beyond Solomon to the Messiah himself. You will notice that. Why? Because you notice that there is no mention here in this passage in 1st Chronicles chapter 17 and verses 7 all the way to verse 15, there is no mention of the possibility of sinning. You see, in 2nd Samuel chapter 7 and verse 14, we do read, I will be his father and he shall be my son. But then notice that if he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of man and with the stripes of the children of man. But you notice that in 1 Chronicles chapter 17, it is not mentioned the thought of sinning here of that person. Notice that I will read a few verses here in 1 Chronicles chapter 17 just to have this before us. It says here in verse 7, Now therefore thus shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, even from following the sheep, that thou shouldest be ruler over my people Israel. And I have been with thee whithersoever thou hast walked, and have cut off all thine enemies from before thee, and have made thee a name like the name of the great men that are in the earth. Verse 9, we continue, and God is saying to David, Also I will ordain a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them, and they shall dwell in their place and shall be moved no more. God is looking for the future when Israel will ultimately be restored to him. Neither shall the children of Israel, uh, the children of wickedness, waste them anymore as at the beginning. In other words, God is promising that there will be a time coming in which there will no longer be the suffering for the nation of Israel and disobedience anymore. Why? Because God is intending to restore Israel and establish the promised kingdom, the promised Davidic house, 
and kingdom and dynasty. But it must be through David's greater son, the Messiah himself. In verse 10 it says, And since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, moreover I will subdue all thine enemies. Furthermore, I tell thee that the Lord will build thee a house. The word is bite, dynasty. And it shall come to pass when thy days be expired, that thou must go to be with thy fathers, that I will raise up thy seed after thee, which shall be of thy sons, and I will establish his kingdom. Now listen, beloved brothers and sisters. Notice that in this passage, there is no mention of that which was mentioned in 2 Samuel chapter 7, where we read in verse 14, if he will commit iniquity. This was the direct son of David, namely Shlomo, though his name is not mentioned here in 2 Samuel chapter 7. But notice what we read here in 1 Chronicles chapter 17, that the person that God is speaking about here goes far beyond King Shlomo who has sinned. It says, I will raise up thy seed after thee, verse 11 of second, of 1 Chronicles chapter 17, which shall be of thy sons. Notice that? It's not going to be the direct son of David immediately, which meant Shlomo, but it will be a son that will come out of one of King David's sons. And we know from history that that has to do with Nathan, Nathan, through whom the Messiah, Yeshua, was born to the virgin Miriam, through Nathan. And so we continue, and we can see here, and I will establish his kingdom, notice now, he shall build me a house, and I will establish his throne forever. And you notice what we continue to read here in verse 13 and 14. I will be his father, he shall be my son, and I will not take my mercy away from him. You notice that? There is no mention at all here that if he will sin, why? Because when the Mashiach will come, there will be no sin in the Messiah. The Messiah will be born to the virgin Miriam. He is the one that will be born according to the prophet Isaiah. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And therefore there is no sin mentioned here in second in First Chronicle chapter 17. I will be his father, he shall be my son, notice that, and I will not take away my mercy away from him, as I took it from uh, him that was before thee, and that has a reference to King Shaul, King Saul. But now notice in verse 14, but I will settle him, the person, the Messiah, in mine house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forevermore. 
Now listen to this. In verse 14, it's very interesting. You see, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, we have a kingdom, we have a house, and we have a throne that will remain forever. God promised to David that his house, kingdom, and throne will remain forever. But here, in 1 Chronicles chapter 17, God adds a fourth truth to this passage, that it is not only that David's house, David's kingdom, and David's throne will remain forever, le'olam in Hebrew, but also that the Messiah himself, the one who will be the king of the house of David himself as a person, he will remain forever. That's why, notice verse 14, I will settle him, this is the person, in my house, this is the house, and in my kingdom, this is the kingdom, forever. And his throne, this is the throne, shall be established forevermore. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. So, beloved friend, beloved brothers and sisters, the lesson is tremendous here. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, God had in mind to present before David his immediate son by the name of Shlomo. And yet God promised to David that his house, his kingdom, and his throne will remain forever even though his immediate son Shlomo will sin, and even his grandson Rehovam had failed and sinned, and God removed them temporarily from the kingdom, and yet God did say in Second Samuel chapter 7 that his David throne, house, and kingdom will remain forever, and God will not remove his mercy from the house of David. But here in First Chronicle chapter 17, we have an additional truth. Number one, there's no mention of sin. Because the person that God has in mind here in First Chronicle chapter 17 is a person who is sinless. In him there was no sin. He knew no sin. He did no sin. He was the one that no one could convict him of sin. Of course, we know who it's speaking about, the Mashiach, Yeshua, the son of David. In fact, beloved friend, as we read the, the genealogy that is found in Matthew chapter 1, we read the book of the generation, verse 1 of Matthew 1, of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, the son of David. Ben David, the son of Abraham, the son of Yitzchak, the son of Yaakov, and so on, and so on, and so on. And you see, when the Messiah was born, he was a descendant of David. He was the seed of David, but he was also the seed of the woman, namely Miriam, who was born sin apart. And that's why he is the eternal one. Not only that sin is not mentioned in First Chronicle chapter 17, but also the fact that 
he, his person, will be eternal. Let me read one more time, First Chronicles chapter 17 and verse 14. I will settle him. This is the person. This is the Mashiach, the Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua. In my house, this is the house. And in my kingdom, this is the kingdom that God had promised to David. Forever. Him, the house, the kingdom, and the throne. And his throne shall be established forevermore. How wonderful it is for us, my dear friends, to know and to have this assurance that the Mashiach, the Messiah's a kingdom will be established forever. And sure enough, as we arrive to the Brit HaChadashah, to the New Testament, to the New Covenant, when the angel of the Lord comes to Miriam, his name is Gabriel, we read in Luke chapter 1, listen to this, verse 26, and in the six months, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the, a city of Galilee by the name of Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Yosef, Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Miriam. And the angel came in unto her and he said, Hail, Shalom, thou that art Highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. The angel is saying to Miriam. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And notice what the angel Gabriel is saying to Miriam. The angel, verse 30 of Luke chapter 1, said unto her, Fear not, Miriam, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Yeshua, in Hebrew, Jesus, Yeshua, in Hebrew. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Yaakov, Jacob, this is Israel, forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Wonderful, wonderful promise that we have, my dear friend, in the Davidic covenant, in Brit David HaMelech, unconditional promise that God had made to his servant David, who wanted to build him a house, and yet God said to him, David, you want to build me a house? I will build you a house, and a kingdom, and a throne, and I will bring through you the Messiah, the Mashiach, Ben David, the son of David, who would come, and according to what the angel said in Luke chapter 1 and verse 32, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Yaakov of Israel forever. And his kingdom, there shall be no end. 
What a wonderful promise it is. Somewhere in this world today, there are descendants of the house of David in this world. And God in his wisdom will bring them in when the church age will come to an end and the tribulation age will also, the seven years tribulation will come to an end, then the establishment of the messianic kingdom will come to pass and the Lord Jesus, the Messiah first, the very one who first came to die for our sins will come and rule and reign over the house of Israel over the house of Jacob forever and ever. And he will sit upon the throne of David, whom God had promised in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and in 1 Chronicles chapter 17, that of the house of David, there will be one who will come, will be sinless, undefiled, separate from sinners. And that's why when he died at his first coming, he could pay for the sin of this world. And at his second coming, he will come to rule and to reign as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What a wonderful future is awaiting for the world, for Israel, and for the Mashiach himself, who is longing for the day to come and take his rightful place. Well, my dear friend, God bless you. Until the next covenant, I would say to you, Shalom, Shalom. Mm -hmm.